Hi, I'm Sally. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, it's great to be at Tusnua. And um, step nine. So, you know, just to review a little bit, you know, the first step, when I did the first step, I had this sense of relief because I knew kind of what was wrong with me. And, you know, the second step and third step, I just became willing. And the fourth step, I wrote a, a inventory and I've done several since then. And I read it to someone and I looked at my character defaults and all that. And I got to step eight. And the first time I did the first step, I had 154 names on step eight, having been raised Catholic. And my sponsor was like, no. And she said, okay, go back and let's take a look. Like how, you know, did you really harm these people? Um, and so we whittled down the list. And I think I had maybe about, you know, like 10 amends to make. And, um, and my understanding of this step is this is where you clear it up so you can look at yourself in the mirror and feel okay. So I did a lot of blackout drinking. Of course, I can't make amends for that because I don't remember. But I mean, there were, there were things that I did that, um, oh, you know, I just like, like there was a, a store, Nordstrom's. And one day I, a girlfriend of, I, of mine and I decided we would go in and we took grocery bags, like paper grocery bags, filled them with clothes and walked out. So when I got to that, I thought, well, how am I gonna make an amends to Nordstrom? So I called them up and, and I got security and I said, you know, I stole a bunch of stuff from you. And I want to, and he's like, why are you calling me? And I'm like, well, I, I'm in the program and I want to make an amends and I want to send you a check. And he was like, okay, here's the address. It wasn't warm and friendly, but I sent the check. They cashed it. And then that's one of my favorite stores, or it used to be when I didn't shop at Rural King because we have a farm now. So, you know, so that was a little scary. And it was a big relief because you know, it was a place I went into that I had shame attached to it. Most of my amends had shame attached to them. And, um, and getting rid of that helped me to have an opportunity to just sort of be in the moment. Um, there was another one. I was, I was raised Catholic um, and I went to Catholic schools and I got a really good education and I did not appreciate one minute of it. I wore blue eye makeup, I smoked at school, I drank at school, I rolled my skirt up. If they had a rule, I broke it, right? And this was, there was a lot of emotion around this. So, you know, my sponsor suggested since I was living in LA um, to write a letter to the principal and just apologize because Again, I had this, this emotion around it. And there's probably more, there's, I'm sure there's a lot more stuff. But anyway, so I wrote a letter and they wrote me back. And when I saw that letter, I broke down in tears and I thought, oh my God, I'm in trouble now. And I was like 35 years old. And I still have the letter. And this principal wrote back and said, I'm sure you weren't that bad. And I thought, well, she didn't know me, right? I was that bad. And come visit us sometime. And I thought, not on my life that I ever stepped grounds in that property. But you know what? I was clear of it. It didn't occupy space in me anymore. And 
the thing I found out with these amends, like energetically, if I owed an amends or I felt I owed an amends, it sort of had a cord from my, um, from my belly area. And every time I would think about it, it would tug on that cord a little bit. And a little bit of my energy would ease out that. And if I had 20 or 30 of those things going, that was quite a bit of energy. And it wasn't, it, it was just like, it was, a, it was a drain. And so as I made these amends, I found myself having more energy. And mostly I had energy to help other people and show up for other alcoholics and be of service because before I got sober, um, you know, it was all about me. And now that we've talked about me, what do you want to say about me? I mean, really, that was, that was it. And I was a blackout drinker and I was uh, mean. I really was. I'm not mean now, but I was mean then. So another amends I wanted, I, I really wanted to make, you know, with your family of origin, by that time, my dad has, had died. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of different spiritual practices, and I'm really open to that. So at the time, I was really practicing shamanism. And I was doing, I was working with a shaman, and I was doing night on the mountain. And so they, they put you in a circle, they seal you in, you stay by yourself on a mountain all night. And um, my dad came to me and, you know, my dad died. Uh, he was a periodic alcoholic. I never had a chance to talk to him or to know him sober. It was right after he died that I actually um, got sober. And, you know, he came to me that night and, and I just, I, I just forgave him and I felt forgiven and it was just a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful experience. And, you know, I, I don't know how that happens. That's just part of my story. You know, my mom, my mom was a harder, you know, she was a harder, uh, a harder path. My mom was manic depressive. And so she, you know, when she was good, she was very good. And when she wasn't, she wasn't. And she did, uh, you know, she was a wonderful cook. She could bake, she could garden, she could sew, she loved to read, you know, and a lot of those things I took forward. But she was also, she'd just be out of her mind. One time she packed up the house. We lived in this 25 room house and she put everything in two huge moving trailers and they went down the road. My dad caught the second one leaving and got them back. And you know, light bulbs, everything, all my clothes, my bed, everything that was in every drawer. I mean, I was, I think I was 18 when this happened. And then my dad went away that weekend. He actually, he was having an affair with someone and he went off to do that. And I, um, at the time was, well, I've all, I always did uh, speed. I love the speed. And I took speed and put the house back together. And when he came home, like three days later, he, he didn't believe that I had done it. You know, and it, I mean, that's a little weird. He didn't say like, wow, here you are 18 and I just left you to reassemble a house, right? It was more like, well, how did you do it? You must have had a bunch of people help you. I mean, it was a really crazy environment to grow up in. Um, you know, neither of my parents had any parenting to pass along. So, you know, that's just it. But with my mom, my mom, um, ended up, you know, she, she had a hard life. She 
was manic depressive, they gave her shock treatments, lithium, ice baths, uh, state mental institution. You know, she had a hard life. And so, you know, so after I was sober for a while, I came to a place where I could really forgive her and just realize that really she had done the best that she could. You know, she just, she, she really did. And so, you know, I would go and see her and she liked to go and have a milkshake and, you know, she was a little paranoid. So um, she had a little dementia, a little paranoia. So um, she didn't want anybody to wash her clothes. So I'd go take her and buy her new clothes. And, you know, I, 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 for many, many years, I lived in Los Angeles and she was in Spokane. And so when I made amends to her, you know, it was, it had to be a living amends. And so I only made one note, living amends. And that's probably the biggest part of my amends because the proof is in the pudding and the pudding is, do I keep it up? I can apologize, but you know, do, do I change my behavior? Do I approach things differently? Do I tell the truth? Do I show up? Um, that's what a living amends is. So with my mom, um, she liked to get mail. She loved to get junk mail. I know this is crazy. Like I would be happy if I never got junk mail, but I would sign her up for all these lists. And then I would call her and she would tell me all the mail she got, like Publishers Clearinghouse had written her. And, you know, she was on the list to win a million dollars or these magazines or that. And she was so happy to have all this mail, right? And that was a living amends, you know? And, um, you know, the other thing is my mom, when she was manic, she uh, called CPS, to, you know, Child Protective Service on my sister and had her kids picked up. And so my sister said, I'm done with you. I got that, right? Your kids get picked up. I got that. I don't have kids, but I got that. And so, you know, for many years, my mom would say, let's talk, you know, she would want to talk about my sister and about the kids and what was going on. And you know, that was hard on her. And, you know, I just say, let's talk about something else. And we would, but eventually my sister and my mom reconciled right before she died. And that was a good thing. You know, my sister, you know, got to see my mom and, you know, my mom was so happy of that, you know, and again, she, you know, she had a really hard life. So, you know, these amends, they, uh, they really freed me up. So when, when people say stuff like say something good about the fourth step or something, I'm like, like, what are you talking about? Like the fourth step is the path to freedom. And when you get to making the amends, I, I, I always had a good amends. I mean, there was this one woman who was occupying space in my mind and, you know, for a variety of meetings. So I set an appointment with her to go and meet her. And when she opened the door, she looked at me and she went, oh, you've gained weight. And I thought, no wonder why I hate you, right? And, but I made the amends and I was done with her, right? She didn't occupy space anymore. So, you know, I had, I had a few financial amends to make and some of those, the people had disappeared. So I did things like made donate, you know, made donations. Um, but the other thing I did with finances is, is I made friends with my money. And, you know, if you make friends with your money, if you're good to your money, your money will be good to you. And so, you know, I had used money as a drug, just like I'd used everything else. Right. Um, 
So, so this making amends process is wonderful. Now, when I moved to Cleveland, they had this whole thing about, you know, you ask the person, what kind of amends do they want? And, you know, all this. And I was just like, like, no, you figure, you write it down, you figure out what your part is. You make an appointment, you go meet that person, you look them in the eye, if at all possible, and you make your amends. That's where you get the biggest payoff, you know? So we made direct amends wherever possible, except to do so at harm. Now, with my ex-husband, you know, I used to have, I used to have a lot of boyfriends, right? And I was never true to any relationship I was in. I always had something going on the side. And it's just the way I operated. I mean, my dad, just, just quick, the way my dad, my dad got married, married my mom, had two kids, had an affair. No, no, sorry. Got married, married his first wife, had two kids, had an affair with my mom. Divorced the first wife, had an affair with on my mom, had more kids, and that was his thing. So, like, where would have I I have learned to honor a commitment, right? I mean, that's something I learned in AA. So, um, so when I made amends to my husband, I didn't get to say, "Hey, I had these affairs." You know, one time he was having a surprise party for me, and he invited a guy that. I was having an affair with to the party. I mean, can you imagine when the guy got that call, what it was like, right? It was crazy. So, so one of my living amends is I don't, you know, once I got sober, which I've been sober about 31 years, I've never cheated on a relationship since. I just don't do it. And, you know, that was picking up a whole different toolkit, right? And I learned that toolkit in Alcoholics Anonymous. I learned it from you know, watching other people and having a sponsor. So um, I've sort of yammered on for a long time. But I mean, the biggest thing with this is to, uh, you know, write an inventory, read it to somebody that you trust who's discreet, you know, talk to your sponsor before you do each, each amend so that you're really amending the behavior that needs to be amended. It's not like, I'm a useless piece of shit. It's I did this and you know, it's specific. And then, you know, try and make living amends because living amends are the very best. Um, and guess who gets the benefit of those amends? Me, right? Because, you know, like so much of the program, when you're altruistic, you're the one who gets the benefit. So um, I love the ninth step and I'm really grateful I got to speak on it. And it's nice to see you all today. So thanks for asking me and thanks for letting me share.